0: Welcome, you're listening to a broadcast by Barnabas Foundation, your trusted partner for smart and powerful generosity. And here's your host, Reverend Philip Leo, Director of Church Communications. Good morning, good afternoon. My name is Philip Leo. I'm Church Communications Director at Barnabas Foundation. And I'm so glad that uh, we can spend a few moments this afternoon or this morning, depending on where you're at, Uh, thinking about uh, this title, uh, No-Brainer Game Changer, Gifts from a Will. I'm happy to be joined by Mike Lefabert. Mike is the Stewardship Committee Chair at Emanuel Christian Reform Church in Hudsonville, Michigan. Mike, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks for the invitation, Phil. Happy to be here.
0: Looking forward to our conversation. We're going to be talking about a legacy foundation, which is uh, what Emmanuel CRC has. And one of the things that I'm I'm interested about in this conversation, Mike, is that it's essentially going to be a bit of a primer for what a legacy foundation is and how it works and why a church would have a legacy foundation through Barnabas Foundation. Uh, what I like about this conversation also is that. Uh, very, very few people understand uh, what a legacy foundation is, how it works in a church, um, and what the benefits are. Mike Lafaver is uh, is a not is a I was going to say a rare individual, but that's not it, it, in all the positive ways I can say that uh, because Mike actually understands uh, how what a legacy foundation is and how it works. And uh, it's been in place at Emmanuel CRC now. I have my little note here. I think it's for 12 years or so. Uh, It's been in place. And uh, actually, uh, there was a gift from a will that just came in to Emmanuel CRC's Legacy Foundation. And that's what sort of started this conversation. It's not really the focus of our conversation, but but it is uh, what the account is there for. And uh, and so we'll talk a bit about that. Uh, A few reminders before we go, if you're joining us live, uh, we'd like this to be interactive. And so you can use the Q&A button at the bottom of of your screen, Uh, push through any questions that you'd like and Mike and I would be happy to uh, include them as part of our discussion. Also, if you're a church leader and you're watching this either live or recorded, please take this and share it with the church leader uh, at your church, a deacon, a, a treasurer, maybe just somebody that understands uh, planned giving or somebody that understands non-cash gifts. Uh, share it with them and get their feedback on it. Ask them uh, what they thought about it. And maybe, maybe it sparks a conversation about a legacy foundation at your church. The last thing I want to mention is that uh, the latest issue of Generosity today is getting ready to come out. There's a July issue uh, that will soon be out. This is a quarterly newsletter for your church to promote non-cash gifts. It gets sent directly to your church office. Uh, It comes in a PDF form. It comes in an email form. And uh, it's a really great newsletter to attach to maybe quarterly financial reports and give that out just as a reminder to your church, church folks that they can, um, they can give non-cash gifts. They can make a gift to your church's ministry in their estate or, or there's, all, there's a lot of different ways uh, to do uh, planned giving, uh, but we want you to be aware of generosity today. So Mike, uh, let's uh, pick up the story of Emanuel CRC. Um, before a legacy foundation nine years ago, Emmanuel CRC had a trust fund in place. And the original intention of that trust fund was to provide assistance for Christian day school education. That's a common kind of a scenario because lots of churches are trying to do that. Um, so what, what happened, what uh, happened between having a trust fund for Christian day school education and a legacy foundation? We're, where did that all, um, how did that all play out?
1: Sure. So yeah, I think that trust fund that you referenced, I think had been in place for probably 15 or 20 years. Uh, People who were uh, long before I was a member of Emanuel CRC, um, had put that in place because the school has, or the church has a long uh, history of supporting Christian day school uh, very strongly. In 2007, I was approached by the consistory of our church and asked if I would be willing to be the stewardship chair. And we were gonna partner with Barnabas in a program uh, that Roger Rice was working at Barnabas at the time. And and, uh, so I worked closely with him, um, a a good stewardship ministry program, which was a three year commitment. And we, so I was the chair of the committee and we had a, a, a committee of six or seven of us, I think at the church. And we went through that process and it was really informative and really helpful. And it was in the third year of that, that uh, just through some promotional information from Barnabas, I became aware of the, the Legacy Foundation opportunity that a church could partner with Barnabas to, to set this up, talked with Roger about it. He was my kind of my main Barnabas contact at the time, and he was uh, very much an advocate for it. So we explored it further. Um, as we looked at it, um, our, our church had a few interesting things going on at the time in that there was probably, um, that trust fund probably had a a total asset value of close to $150,000, but the church had borrowed from ourselves, essentially, from that trust fund when we built what we call the Family Life Center, oh, probably 10 years earlier than that. That still had a balance of $90,000 that we owed ourselves, essentially, but, you know, this is like 2009, if you recall, that's the recession time. Budgets were a little tight. It's pretty easy not to pay yourself when... (laughs) You didn't have to pay the bank, you're just paying yourself. And so there was very little progress going on. So I didn't like that, just the optics of that. We, we needed to to get the money back in that trust fund. I also, that trust fund was also being held at a local community bank earning like 0.025% interest. And I, I was working in banking at the time and just thought this is just not good stewardship of these funds. Um, I think our quarterly interest distribution was like 14 bucks. (laughs) Um, It it just wasn't uh, moving the needle at all. And so I think the initial thing that I was motivated by was we need to be better stewards of this money that we have um, because it's the right thing to do, but um, the money could be doing a lot more for us and the families of our church than what it was currently doing. And so... I think that was the first motivation. Once we explored it and saw the different opportunities that were a part of it, obviously Christian education was our first thought, but also the uh, the ability to have funds, have a, have a building arm and a missions and benevolence. Um, you can use the foundation for all these things. And so we've kind of expanded how we've used it since then, but uh, that, that was kind of the background and how we got started with it.
0: Okay. So a decision to open up a, a legacy foundation through Barnabas Foundation is made. Uh, how does it get set up? What, what's it set up like um, for Emanuel CRC?
1: Sure. So, well, as I mentioned, there's these different arms that you can, you can choose to use or not use, depending if you have funds to, to deposit in them. They, they operate a little bit differently. The, the Christian education arm operates more like an endowment. If you're familiar with endowments that, that colleges or universities might have or things like that, where you put money in and then you don't touch the principal, you get an interest distribution every year. And so um, the Christian education arm will distribute 5% of what your principal balance is at a point in time every year. For us that, I assume that happens the same for everybody. I, I mean, I get a notice Midsummer, yeah. we've put out that we uh, are going to take the distribution and, and the check arrives to the church, you know, in the early fall. So um, it's like clockwork. The other ones are more, um, operate more like a savings account, right? We can, if we have money for, for our building that we've been accumulating through a campaign or something like that, but we don't have intentions to spend it immediately, we could put it in the foundation arm of the building fund for Barnabas and, um, and then draw it out as expenses come, as it's needed. Um, Benevolence the same way. The mission arm is the one that we really have not engaged with for our church, uh, that we've had an estate gift come in or something of larger size to to put into that. And so we have not operated with that, but the rest of them we have used, so.
0: So uh, just to summarize it, in, in your church's legacy foundation, there are basically four accounts, right? You'd have benevolence and building fund um and those work like you said like a savings account where you can access uh that money as needed Mm -hmm. and then you have a um what was it a christian education christian education right and then those those two funds pay out annually Uh, so uh, money that you receive annually from the christian education fund that gets applied then to relief assistance for uh for families who are paying for uh, tuition for Christian day school education. Correct. Um, go ahead.
1: Oh, I just said correct. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Sorry. Um, so, uh, if a gift comes, uh, if somebody in, makes a gift in their will for your church's legacy foundation, then uh, that gift can be designated. Uh, either just generally for the Legacy Foundation or any one of those particular funds or any sort of combination of those funds. And then uh, so that's that's the plan for any sort of gift. What uh, just as you think about it, Mike, what might happen for a church and maybe for your church, if a Legacy Foundation is not in place and a large gift from an estate comes how does that, how do, in your opinion, sort of, how does that play out for a church without a legacy
1: foundation? Yeah, you know, uh, Phil, if you, if, if you follow plan giving at all, just in general, whether it's at your church or any other place, there are horror stories about this, right, if you're not set up well, right, um, if, if you don't, if the gift does not come in designated well, or you're not set up well to receive it, um, you can imagine what the conversation is around the beacons table uh, for the next meeting as far as Everybody's going to have an opinion on how you spend that money, um, and money is is can can be a great asset, but it can be a great divider, right? So that it yeah. creates a lot of havoc. This provides structure that, in, in the in the case that we had with our congregant who passed away and gave him a gift through an estate. Um, the, the way that they when they submitted that when the check arrived along with the instructions on how to how to use it they were using all the same verbiage that we've been talking about in our church so we know they were they were listening when they made their plans um they were able to set it up so that it was very clear there were there were no questions um as far as how that how the how the donor intended that money to be used sure and so that yeah, it eliminates any any possibilities of infighting or disagreements or, or things like that, which you would hate to see in any scenario, much less at a church. So.
0: Yeah, you know, at the last church that I served as pastor, we had a gift. It was about a six-figure gift that came through a well. It was completely unexpected. Nobody, nobody ever anticipated or, or saw it coming. We were not prepared. Uh, we did not have a legacy foundation. We had no plan. And what happened, at least in, in this is the instance, is that uh, the money was put in an account and then it was, wasn't really touched. It got raided once in a while uh, when there was a, a, you know, sort of a pressing need. But because uh, conversations hadn't happened in advance of getting a gift like that, um, nobody really knew what to do with it. And so it just sat there um, and wasn't put to good use. And that wasn't, uh, that wasn't really a great example of good stewardship. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's one of the things I appreciate about Emmanuel CRC is just the vision to be able to um, have a plan for receiving it, these sorts of gifts. And uh, it really inspires confidence in church members as they think about their will, as they think about making a gift in their will to their church, uh, knowing that their church has a plan in place, a way forward for their gift. Uh, makes it possible for them to be able to, to include their church in their plan. Mike, um, I'm wondering uh, from your experience in terms of uh, what, I guess my question is, what's the pathway? So a family leaves a gift in their will, um, that family member passes on the, uh, the will is being executed or, or sort of carried out. From your understanding, what's the pathway for that gift to make it to your church's legacy foundation? How does that how does
1: that work? Yeah, I mean that that couldn't be as varied as what I mean. Every 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 family and every person's estate plans are different, and so and and some are really complicated and some are not. Um, but generally, like in the in the case that we had this or a few months ago. Um, It was as simple as a check arrived with a note that said this is how it's supposed to be distributed so it it could not be easier um you know really easy at that point to deposit it um um, it could be a lot more complicated than that depending on what the assets are um this family had obviously um liquid liquidated all their assets and then they could just disperse it with a check but you could easily get a gift of land or you could get a gift of stock or you could get a gift of uh, an an IRA or things like that. And that is where I would would assume 99% of the churches out there don't have the wherewithal to, without hiring an attorney and all sorts of things like that, know how to take that gift and that asset and turn it into cash that you can then do something with. Uh, That's the other part of what Barnabas Foundation has all the expertise to be able to partner with us if if that wasn't our case in this scenario, but you could easily see where it could be. Uh, And then, you know, that 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 would be where a church would get handcuffed like where do we go from here I somebody donated 10 acres of land to us what do we do with it right. Uh, um, And so having a partner that has the expertise. uh, is invaluable too, and a peace of mind, frankly. As, as you know, ho- hopefully more of these types of gifts will arrive in the future, but they might not all be as neat as cl- and neat and clean as what this one was. So, Absolutely.
0: yeah, one of the um, one of the really great things is that uh, you know just by because of the relationship between Barnabas Foundation and the Christian Reformed Church, every Christian Reformed Church is uh, a complementary member of Barnabas Foundation. All of those services uh, are complementary. And uh, a legacy foundation um, isn't, um, you know, the most. Comp- it's not a complicated thing to set up. There's a there's a form you get it set up. The account is made, and and you're ready to go. Um, that said, Mike, what what are some of the particular challenges of uh, of uh, having a legacy foundation? What's the work of it? Why? Um, how come every single church doesn't have a legacy foundation? Uh, um, you know what are the particular challenges that Emmanuel Circe has, has faced uh, related to maintaining and promoting uh, the Legacy Foundation?
1: Yeah, um, the, the short answer to your question is there's not a lot of challenges. It's, it's been, been very easy to work with Barnabas. Um, I would, the, the one challenge that I have found is that, and everybody, you know, anybody who's part of a church and has been part of church leadership at all is familiar with this, is that you have the turnover in leadership all the time, literally all the time. You know, our our elders and deacons, one third of them turnover every year. <laughs> and over a three-year period, it's a completely new group, right? So I have found, we've now had this foundation in place for 12 years, about every other year on average, I get invited into a consistory meeting to talk about the history of our legacy foundation. How does it operate? Some of the same conversations we're having right now. Right. Because there are people in leadership now in our church who don't know the history, don't, aren't aware of what's going on with it. Um, and I don't know that there's a easy fix to that. That's the nature of how the church leadership is set up. And I think that you just have to deal with that. Yeah. Um, I think that if you're thinking about starting a, a, a legacy foundation in your church, I think a key thing to do, like I have been, I, I'm sure there's other people in our church who could have done this as well or better than I did. But I've been the leader of this for 12 years, and I think that uh, consistency really helps. Um, People, if, I don't get this a lot, but occasionally somebody comes up to me because I've promoted the Legacy Foundation in front of church once or twice a year for the last 12 years. And so I'm in some ways identified with it. And so then if a question arises, they have to ask. There's a continuity to the whole thing that I think would be really hard if if it was just a deacon assigned to do it for the three years that they were a deacon and then it changed to somebody else and so i think it's much smoother if you can identify somebody who either you have confidence that they have an aptitude for it or maybe they've been in banking or they're an attorney or they just naturally would you know they have the kind of background where this interests them and it's something they want to be involved in so for me it's been a, a joy to give back in this way because i i find it fascinating and it's uh, it's it's easy. It doesn't feel like work most of the time. So
0: right, right, mm-hmm. and uh, you know by well that you're right. You're absolutely right. That consistent uh, leadership. If you have a champion who understands it and uh, is able to sort of steward uh, the legacy foundation for the life of the church, that's a that's a huge advantage. Um, but. Uh, all of that work. And and it's not every year, of course, that a gift from an estate or a will comes in. Uh, But when they do, they tend to be larger gifts. Um, And it's gratifying to know that uh, manual CRC is not going to be handcuffed by this gift, not going to be frozen by it. Uh, But they have a way a way forward to apply it um, and to use it when uh, when the time comes. And that's uh, a game changer. You know, that was the name of the, um, of the conversation, no-brainer game changer. And, uh, and it absolutely is a game changer. Um, I have a question that I'm seeing here just pop up. How do you promote the Legacy Foundation at your church? And now you mentioned being uh, out in front of your church annually about it. Um, are there other ways uh, to have it out in front of folks?
1: Yeah, so there's, uh, you know, the partnership with Barnabas is helpful in this regard too, because Barnabas provides us a quarterly newsletter. Yeah. I get that in an email and a PDF and I we print it at the church and make enough copies that every member's mailbox gets one. Um, and it's really helpful, uh, pertinent topics, things to think about, plant seeds, um, that uh, you don't get a lot of feedback necessarily. Uh, right. I, I used to believe that um, that people are reading it and it's hitting the right people at the right time, right? So that, that's just something that happens. We have to do a little work to distribute them, but uh, Barnabas provides that. So that's really helpful. As I mentioned I, earlier, I do um, try to get up in front of the church once, at least once per year, um, just as a reminder um, that this, this is an opportunity that we have. I give a little bit of an update on, on the performance of the Legacy Foundation, the impact that it's making. And then planting seeds, encouraging people it, when they're working on their estate plans uh, or updating them. Um, you know, the, if if you again, if you pay any attention to the to the plan giving world, they'll say that whenever there's a major life event in somebody's life, that's the most uh, most um, opportune time that they're thinking about this. Right? There's a birth in the family, or a death in the family, or a retirement, or these types of things, and so. You know, whenever you're every year that I'm up there, I'm assuming I'm, I'm touching somebody who's going through a life event, and, and hopefully they're thinking about this. And, Absolutely. So, you know,
0: one one of the uh, one of the suggestions I often give out is for uh, treasurers or deacon chairs uh, is to make sure they get their hands on on generosity today and pair it with if if they have quarterly reports that are going out quarterly financials or updates, just pair it with that. And um, again, like you said, it's just a way to uh, keep out in front of people the possibility of non-cash gifts or gifts in a will. Again, it's not it's not necessarily going to generate a lot of feedback, uh, but it is a way uh, to provide a talking point uh, for church leaders and say, hey, we have a relationship with Barnabas Foundation and uh, we have, Uh, an easy way to make these kinds of gifts. Mm -hmm. Mike, I am so appreciative of your time. I thought of a better way. I I don't know what I was saying before, like you're you're really a lone uh, individual. I can't remember what I said, but you're a gem. That's what I meant to say. Uh, You're a gem in the world of uh, church leadership and church leaders, just because uh, you're so rare. Uh, to find. And I appreciate uh, all of your good work at Emanuel CRC there in Hudsonville. And uh, I'm so thankful to you for sharing this conversation. I know it's going to be used by others as far as just a primer on um, what a legacy foundation is and how it works. So thank you so much, Mike.
1: Thanks, Phil. A fun topic to talk about. I'm glad you reached out. So happy to do it. God bless.
0: Thank you for listening. This audio has been brought to you by Barnabas Foundation. Learn how we can help you experience smart and powerful generosity. Visit us today at www.church.barnabasfoundation.com.